1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and, Herb. Tanny, and Herb. Tanny and
0: Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Echnerwall23. That is Lawrence spelled backwards. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave us a voice message or socks at gmail.com. Chris, awesome. How you doing?
1: Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm doing good, and Bill Walton's doing even better. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Dutch Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. We are brought to you today by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked-on rooms. That's right, Herb. I'm doing great. Got portillos in my stomach. The laundry mm. is done. Mm. Uh, the city of Chicago planted a tree in front of my house. Things are all coming together here. Uh, For it's free. <laughs> yeah, man. It's one of the one of the great things that these tax dollars will get you. Mm. We I talk about the city quite often in a negative way, but there are ways you can better your home uh, if you are a city of Chicago resident Then you have a home and you have uh, you don't have a tree in front of your house you can get one it took three awesome. years it took three years to get one the city that works uh, that's what they used to call it when I was growing up but uh, <laughs> anyway and also I just want to uh, uh, apologize to our listeners Herb mm-hmm. we, uh, we owe them an apology I am sorry <laughs> that we know what's best for you <laughs> and I'm sorry we know where the content is because imagine if your week with locked on White Sox was was finished at this point. We're breaking down a vic, uh, a loss to the to the Oakland A's during a day game, uh, and the and the recap doesn't come until what like you know nine hours later. Uh, but instead, we are breaking down a seven to five victory at the Trop. Over the team with the best record in the American League. How about that to start your weekend off? Huh? Do we know what's right? right. Do we know what's right for these people or what? I know there's was- listening
0: to this right now, you're mowing your lawn, <laughs> you're like, Man, I'm glad these some bitches <laughs> did this one instead of that garbage loss to the Oakland A's.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you know, I know Zach Byrne was early, uh, and also uh Johnny Kest was early wondering, you know, not uh, not necessarily wondering where the shows were but just missing the shows and i do appreciate it's, part
0: their, it's probably part of their uh, morning commute so I, they want to listen to something good and yeah we appreciate you guys every yeah. day those are our guys I, let me Thank tell you guys. man
1: when when you incorporate us as part of your life and part of your daily routine that is the best compliment we could ever receive doing this show and i and i'm forever grateful for that so sorry if we threw a little monkey wrench into your plans but here we are, Herb. We've got an exciting game to break down here, and you know this is one of the reasons why we decided to do this the way we did it. This is going to be one of the final big series of the regular season here. One of the, This is a playoff tune-up here. I know we're only in August here, but this series is huge because I look at this last night. Tonight, I'm dropping this tonight. I don't have to do the whole last night thing, the whole kayfabe last night, tonight, whatever. It's tonight. The, tonight was a stake in the game. This weekend is a statement series, I think, and I I don't like putting too many huge things on this because it's baseball and it's weird and it's not October yet, but I'll tell you why I believe that it's a statement series because everyone's saying, a lot of the haters are saying that the the White Sox, you know, they don't play well against good teams and they don't play especially well enough on the road against these good teams. Well, this series is going to give you a chance uh, to say that, you know, you're right and the White Sox are not that good and blah 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 or it'll give you a chance to quiet these haters so still two more games left but this first one here if that's any indication of how this series is going to be it's going to be tightly contested these two teams are very evenly matched and it's going to be a lot of fun baseball and I think this is one of the more exciting victories of the year tonight here down in Tampa because of the way it ended and and the way that it transpired and you know and you, normally we start with the man on the mound but i'm going to start with the Sox fans uh, tonight who i was mm-hmm. listening to the first few innings on the radio on my commute home from work as i'm sure you were as well it sounded like a home game down there and there wasn't a lot of people there just in general because it is the trop but lots of Sox fans there you heard it especially loud on that Luis Robert RBI double in the first inning so that that's that's good form right there for Sox fans we know our guy Shane was down there uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, just nicely done Sox fans showing out on the road for your team. And I had to believe that that made an impact, whether or not you, it's tangible or not. But I have to believe that that's good stuff right there. And hopefully see these rays down the road and uh, we'll see more of the same and help uh, make an extra home game or two here. But we, we begin with Tim Anderson, really. Mercy. Um, Just the past week plus. You know, really, you follow the show here, this has been happening for the past couple of years here, but the trajectory is only going up, and this White Sox team and the way they're kicking in the door here for their chance at a World Series this season, you can look at that and you look at the rise and, and trajectory, upward trajectory of Tim Anderson, and those things are not a coincidence. Tim Anderson basically single-handedly won this game for the White Sox last night, Herb. Just what a performance. It, 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 he's only gotten better since that field of dreams game, put him back on, on the national spotlight. And this guy, we, we, we can't say enough about him, but this victory tonight, it doesn't happen without Tim Anderson.
0: Exactly. And it seems like once we see him get to a level, we're like, okay, that's a pretty good level. Stay there. You're awesome. He just climbs up and gets to another level. Like, his 2000 was it 19 i was like man he's batting champion i did not expect that i did not expect him to be a good leadoff hitter either he does that then 2020 he's pretty much the same player you know falters a little at the end where he loses the batting title to dj LeMayhew, but he's still a great player if they had an all-star game in 2020 he would have been all-star that year this year I doubted him coming back from that year and him ascending to what he is now. Like, he just keeps on building on levels where I never thought. I don't know if anybody thought, like, when when Rick and Kenny drafted him, I don't think they imagined this guy being their shortstop. They imagined a pretty good shortstop, athletic as hell, but I don't think anybody imagined that he would be as good as he is defensively. And I know that one play – I thought the guy would have been safe anyways, whatever. It was no harm, no foul there, because the run would have scored. The guys would have been safe. But he's pretty good defensively, and he is an awesome, awesome offensive player. You saw what Kit Kittredge, whatever his name is, Kit Kittredge, I don't know what his name is, (laughs) did the inning before. and went 1-2-3 on the White Sox hitters. Tim battled to a 3-2 count. And understood what he was trying to do to him. And in the broadcast, which, by the way, Gordon Beckham, I know people don't like him because he talks a little bit much. He is awesome. He, he can do that job oh, for some other team. He's awesome. Not the White Sox because Steve Stone's the best. But he was saying, hey, he knows, Tim Nansen knows, that Kittredge cannot get a fastball past him. So he knows that he has to throw his slider. and It was a cement mixer, and he murdered it. I mean, the guy is just great. And then, of course, the hit in the 11th inning to uh, submit the game away with the RBI single and then takes the extra base on the throw. He's just awesome.
1: Yeah, man, and that, that play early in the game, and I know eventually it was washed away as the bullpen blew this one here late, um, you know, before they came back. But that, that, that scoring play, you know, scoring on contact, it changed the course of the game at that time, giving the Sox the lead, and more importantly, it kept the inning going. And just – this is you, – you, you talk about what an MVP player is. You're like, if you had to submit, um, like, you know, you submit for an Emmy or an Oscar, someone's best performance, you don't necessarily look at the Field of Dreams game for Tim Anderson. You look at a game like this where he's doing so many things for you uh, offensively, and it, it just, it's just incredible. He's he's turning himself into a closer, like a basketball player. Like, you know, f- you know putting himself in a moment where he takes – complete charge of the game, and he realized, you know what, I, I have to go out there and take charge here and, and do this for my team, and it's really just wonderful to watch, and I know baseball is is riddled with, with failure, and he's not going to come through every time, but it's, it's hard to argue with the results here when you talk about just moments and the teams and, and times that he's doing it. Again, the Field of Dreams game or the Corn game, as Tony called it, and then the, the the game tonight against the the Rays and the Trop, and you know Tim Anderson goes down to the Trop and he says,
0: "Yeah, fuck it, we're the best team in the American League."
1: Not the Rays, the White Sox are, and and they played like it tonight. You know, the bullpen a little bit of an outlier there, and uh, that's not the norm. It's not what we've seen the past few weeks or so. So especially for Aaron Bummer, we'll get to that in a second here. But there's another guy who. Uh, I want to uh, toss the bouquet to before we get to Lucas Giolito while we're still on the offensive side of, of the ball here, to use a football term. I woke up today, and I was did, did some of the yard work, and I was tending to our new tree, making sure it uh, got, got got watered. It was a really hot day out there today, so I, and I come back in, and I put on the phone, and I see that Joan Moncada is trending. And it's not like it's not a, mm. it's a game day, but it's like early afternoon, late morning and he's trending on Twitter and they played an afternoon game the day before. And I'm like, oh, no, what happened? Did you want to do something? Is he is he in trouble with the law? Because, you know, that's that's, you know, you, you worry about something like that happening when you, when all of a sudden a, a Sox player is trending on Twitter when they're not playing a game, you know, uh, unless, you know, it's something great that the person did charitably or whatever. So I, I dig a little deeper, and I saw that our guy White Sox Dave wrote a piece over at Barstool Chicago about Yoan Moncada, and, and he cites a lot of stats and basically saying he's got to get better by October, and, and I think everyone would agree with that. But it, it, there's a lot of anti-Yoan sentiment going on mm-hmm. here, and it has been for years, quite honestly. And you know, there's this guy's got a lot on his shoulders. We talk about Tim having a lot on his shoulders and putting the team on his shoulders, but Yoan is—he is, comes very. Loaded with with a lot of expectations, just in the inherent nature that he came to the White Sox in the Chris Sale trade. This is the guy that they 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 launched the entire rebuild around because of his natural abilities and what he can do for you as a baseball player. And for the most part, in his White Sox tenure, we've seen it all. We've seen the ups, we've seen the downs, but we we've seen a lot of the the ceiling. You know, not the ceiling at a level where yeah he's doing this at a high level for a long time. But we've seen glimpses of what the ceiling is going to look like here and so when he's not performing at the highest level we talked about it often on the show he's a guy just aesthetically it looks like not trying not emotional not fiery whatever you want to say I don't agree with that stuff because baseball is a very mental game and I don't ever begrudge anyone by how they act because you may not see the fire burning inside of somebody so I, I go on Twitter, and you read the stuff about Moncada, and just a couple of things here. You, you, you Twitter search Moncada. Uh, Moncada is the last person I want up when we need a big hit. Uh, tad better than Connor Gillespie 2014. <laughs> <Just, laughs> Kenwo, Come on, Ken W.O. I mean, I don't,
0: that guy, I mean, every he, day. I, he's is, he's tro- that's, that's, that's team mute all, every day, every, <laughs> he's, all day.
1: He's, Ken W.O. is definitely trolling there because he used – Connor Gillespie's best season and compared it to Joan Moncada's non-complete, incomplete season here. Um, you know they're the same guy at the plate. Mon- There's another one here, not from Ken Wo, but this is just these are other ones that I just found. Moncada is lazy and stinks. These are all sent this past calendar year. Okay, so let's put all that to rest here, and I'm gonna get your thoughts on Moncada here in a second. But I found it pretty. Uh, you know, it stuck out to me when I when I checked in with the White Sox pregame with the with Coach Tony, and uh, here's what he said about you on Moncada. So, were you asking about Moncada? Yeah, I am. You, you see a guy working, and you know the talent that's there, and that's when I said, answering what Chuck said, I think he's he's close. You know, you can see where he's determined to get it back. Just needs some success to really
0: get him feeling like uh, he's King Kong up there.
1: King Kong. You know what? Tony said he's close. You know what? How close was he, Herb?
0: He's gone four and two-thirds. Sox have the lead. And Yoan slices this ball to center. Kiermaier has no play. Bring him home. Four, one. Sox, Yoan Moncada. That was a bomb. I mean, that was a no-doubter changeup. He kind of left it left it up a little too much. And look at T.A. He's always cheering for his guys, man. That's...
1: So there you have it. You know, If the bullpen holds on to that one, we look at that Moncada two run blasts there to dead center and like that's the the drive of the game right there that's the play of the game on a day where you know he he also met with the media in the pregame during the zoom and he, he said he felt like it was close and, and there you have it right there but just we we've got to put this anti moncada uh, sentiment to bed here you know he's he's not a bad guy he goes out there especially a year after coming off of covid and he's still he's out there every day and I think he's gotten better with some of the stuff uh, and playing through the, some of the ouchies that he didn't play through early on in his career. But this man is like having a quote unquote bad season uh, to, to many, you know. But I'll take his bad over a, a lot of people's uh, career years and, and good, uh, you know, at this point. But I'm so sick and tired of this anti Moncada stuff. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and I don't know who said it. Um, Patrick Nolan from uh, Sox Machine had wrote you know, what Yohan has done in the last six games, and it was pretty good uh, slash line. It was somewhere in 285, 340, like 485 slugging. He's doing well lately, and overall for a season, he's having an average season. He's not the guy that we thought he was a sin to by this time, but he's pretty good, and somebody else said that their treatment, White Sox Twitter, and not everybody, is like akin to what cubs and kb went through like how can you hate this guy on your team how he's a top 10 third baseman in the league yes folks top 10 third baseman in the league and yes he hasn't ascended to your lofty expectations but he's still young and when he does hit and he will you guys are gonna feel real stupid really stupid for even thinking and that lazy comment oh i just hate those they're just and as Nick, um, I think I forgot his last name. It's go by Nikki Beeps. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, I forgot his name. I'm not going <laughs> to attempt his uh, real last name. It's something common, but I don't know what it is right now. <laughs> but he is the lawyer in New York. Um, he says that it's laced with racism and things that people always those old tropes you say about latin american players like they're too cool that was said the same thing about alex rios he's too lazy he's he's too lackadaisical he does things relaxed and he doesn't care about the game Joan's just smooth with it that's his natural thing you don't see Joan, you know you worry it's never any like emotion on his face like oh i'm not good He, he, as people say, he exudes sex. He exudes confidence. He exudes on the shit type of uh, attitude. And maybe that comes off to other people as cocky or lazy. But no, that's so loaded. I don't like the lazy narrative because, as you heard Tony LaRusso said, he's working. He's doing things. He had COVID and he was out there doing things last year with a disease that was debilitating that you saw in Cleveland when he hit that triple and then he scored. Like, what are we doing, guys? Why are we knocking down this guy? Why are we talking about this guy so badly? And I know White Sox Dave doesn't mean to be this guy, and he doesn't mean for everybody to pile on, but he yeah. should know. Yeah, let's, as yeah, the I guy that starts it, like, yeah. if he says anything, he's going to have people behind him saying other things about it and going on and it's going to start a fire and he didn't probably mean it to be but, all that that's it's what like, i'm saying like we're saying criticize.
1: these other dog whistle things that people are saying that's not dave saying those things no i, I, I want to no, make not. sure that we're clear on not that Not
0: at all no but he you know he criticizes him and he, he I don't is think hard he on him he, he criticizes him to a level that other people like he starts it at a low level and then the fire starts <laughs> yeah from his from his followers and dave has a, a loyal following I and mean, I don't necessarily need to tell him what to do, but that's what those people are doing. They're like flaming up what Dave says and taking it to the 10th degree, to the nth degree. Like Dave's just saying a little thing. Hey, Yohan needs to be a 100% guy in play. And I've said that in the past. And then everybody else like, yeah, Yohan sucks. He's the worst player. He's not lived up to his expectations. Calm down, people. We need to be cheering on our guy. That's our guy. And that's a guy that has sparked this rebuild with Timmy, with uh, Kopech, with all these guys now. And we usually start with Lucas Giolito. That guy was awesome too tonight.
1: Yeah, he was. And, uh, you know, just quick to cap this thing on Moncada before we move on to Lucas here. You know, Moncada, he might be a lot more cerebral than people give him credit for because he is a guy with, with a really keen eye for the strike zone. And then you saw in that 2018 season, where the umpires basically you know he left it in their hands to decide whether or not how often he was out and how often he was not out uh, with with the called third strike and then you know he's like okay this is how the league is i got to adjust to this league and then you saw what he did in 2019 and now he's trying to you know, he's readjusting to what pitchers are doing to him this season, so you're not seeing him as aggressive, and we've talked about this in shows in the past, but he's not being quite as aggressive as you'd like him to see. So there's always the push and pull here of the, the, the mental aspect of the game and trying to figure out, you know, uh, I, I still am confident in myself that I know this strike zone, but at the same time, I'm not going to give in and and swing at a pitcher's pitch and get myself early in the count because I know ultimately – deeper at bats. For me, if I'm Yohan Mankata, deep at bats, deep counts, that works best for me. Uh, and, and that's when i'm feeling great out there and i think that's what type of player he is you know he just he, he's a different profile than some of these other guys you see and you know it, all the stereotypical stuff about about latin players and aggressive like i don't know if that's what people want him to be you know um but he's just not that dude he's 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 a cool cat up there and he's not going to go out there and doesn't put together a lot of bad at bats out there and i know sometimes he doesn't come through in the quote unquote clutch but that home run that he hit last night tonight was was pretty damn clutch in my opinion because he gave you some some separation late in the ball game and you hand it over to your bullpen, which more often than not is going to get the job done. So
0: I couldn't imagine talking shit about a guy getting on thirty seven percent of the time, <laughs>
1: right? Like. The black hole of third base, and I saw someone on Twitter talk about how Yohan Moncada's uh, career has already been be- better than uh, Joe Creedy's career, if you just look at, the, at the, the the metrics. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't yeah. have the World Series title, and you know Joe Creedy carried them in the World Series with the defense and, and the bat, but if you just look at regular season numbers, Moncada apparently a better player. So you know, I mean,
0: Joe Creedy flashed for two great years, 2005 yeah. and 2006, and then he had back problems, but before that... He wasn't the polished guy that he was, but it took time for Joe Cree to become that guy. He was a Silver Slugger in two thousand six. Man, great year, Joe. Joe oh, oh my goodness, yeah. But Yoel Mankata is gonna get there, guys. You'll feel really silly when you're talking, when you look back at your tweets. You're like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, that was you. Tough. I, that didn't age well, as as the kids say.
1: Yeah, go scrub the timeline now because I think this guy's gonna be a big difference maker in October because he has the type of approach that you want in the the postseason. You know, the guy knows the strike zone. He can work a count, get on base for you. And when you have a lineup like the Sox do, with the boppers around him, and I think placing him in the lineup is of utmost importance. Like, they got to figure out what's the best spot in the lineup for him. He's not going to be the the anchor of a lineup, but he makes guys around him better because he sees a lot of pitches and he gets on base for them. You know, Eloy, ask Eloy if he likes having Moncada in the lineup. You know what I mean? So that that's all that I gotta say about uh, Yoan Moncada this evening. So uh, hats off to him for having a really really. Solid game, a solid moment out there uh, amidst all the, all the haters coming for him before the game. So, uh, And I'm not saying no player is, is beyond criticism because I, I, we've criticized him for, for moments in the past. But I think a lot of it is unfair when it's not backed with, with, with data and numbers and uh, context. So uh, moving on, we'll take a quick time out here. We'll talk about pitching staff tonight and uh, some good, some bad, some ugly, and some in between. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. little health and fitness update here. I am down 24 pounds. I'm so close to hitting that 25-pound mark, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. Well, not all of it, but without Built Bars, how would I ever be able to have delicious, healthy snacks that prevent me from falling off and having stuff like cookies and cake stuff that's bad for you loaded with sugar but with built bar I have a healthy option here I even take them on vacation they're so great and they've got a new flavor out now Rocky Road. It's got marshmallow and almond. They're on BuiltBar.com now, but you got to act fast. Sign up for the email and text alerts like I did so you don't miss these new flavors when they drop. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, they've got some great flavors up there. Along with Rocky Road, you've got orange, strawberry, coconut, mint brownie, salted caramel, raspberry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and even cherry barcia. All great flavors. I was able to snatch up German chocolate with my last order. i still got a few of those left. I'm kind of hoarding them, but they're one of my favorites as well and Built Bars as you know always packed with protein 17 grams of protein in most and only 130 to 180 calories depending on the bar you get but best of all only 4.5 grams of sugar how amazing is that? It's all the great taste but without the guilt and right now if you go to BuiltBar.com you can get yourself a free gift and right now when you go to Built.com you can use our promo code LOCKED15 and that's going to get you 15% off your order, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Lucas Giolito was awesome tonight. He goes down to the drop. Against one of the better lineups too in, in baseball, and he just totally, he just he shuts them down. You know, he he's, he goes in there and pitches seven strong innings, giving up just three hits, two runs, which is pretty good on the road against the best team in the American League, uh, giving up just the one home run to uh, to Choi, um, but just an awesome, awesome outing. The, the numbers on Lucas here and how good he was. Lucas had 24 swings and misses. He retired eight in a row through seven, and that's when he was pulled. So he, he ends on a high note, uh, saving his best for last there, and the Sox had given them the lead, and he was able to do the most important thing a pitcher can do is keep that lead right there. And not, He didn't give it right back to the Rays uh, in, in a, I don't know, you can't call it a hostile environment, but still on the road against a good team, being able to hold them down, that's such a, a huge part of what an ace pitcher can do. And he's just, he was awesome tonight, man. And, and this is a guy that if he's going to go in Game 3 of a postseason series for you, you have to feel pretty good. And you know he's riding with that chip on his shoulder a little bit because he used to be the ace. And now people like us are talking about Rodon and Lance Lynn and rightfully so. But this is a guy that's still, he's got that fire burning, man. And he had that look in his eye. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we, as we know, you know, in 2018.
0: Worst pitcher
1: in baseball. But he wasn't tonight, man. He was damn good on the bump tonight
0: damn straight he was awesome it's good to see that guy back and we said that this about a couple people liam hendricks has to be angry has to have that type of fire inside of him and you saw some of that versus old team the oakland a's and then tonight a little bit he was pretty great fucking Liam. i mean lucas <laughs> giolito was oh my god just sorry technic face sorry tech they um just faced him down and took him to the woodshed he had the strikeout ball going for himself i mean there's so many times that we go get on here and we're like man lucas is you know two strikeouts and two walks not good we said that many times in the last what month and month and a half not tonight eight strikeouts he was looking dominant too and so dominant that People were so pissed that they got he got pulled after what is 80 90 pitches. Yeah, what'd
1: you think about that before we get I on was to? Fine with that. Yeah, I, I was fine with that. I was too. If you got a a lead going in with two innings left with Kimbrell and Hendricks there at the at the back end, That's you feel for. you feel pretty good about that. So I'm not going to sit here and try to relitigate that. But yeah, and I mean,
0: as Gordon Beckham says, like the 90 pitches he pitches today saves him down the road, like those extra 10, 15, 20 pitches he would have thrown in the eighth you know, our bullets he could have been using for the next start or the next start or the next start. And so if we continue doing that down the stretch in the last couple of months, we'll be fresh for the playoffs. And Lucas Giolito is going to be a very key cog for our playoff run. So, yeah, I was fine with that. If you have a bullpen, especially two closers like we're supposed to have, you got to use them. And I know people love the second guess. That was a good move. I w- even was fine with if Tony came out after six and two thirds, had a lefty up right there. And he said, "Okay, Aaron Bummer is going to have this guy for ending the seventh inning. i will be like, fine, I'm in for it.
1: Yeah, especially the way Bummer had been going of late. But if I'm the Sox, I come up with a phantom injury for Lucas. I give him a blister here and shut him down for, you know, a week, 10 days or whatever. Give him a little breather, especially on a high note here. He's, it's got to feel good for him going up against that lineup and shutting them down on the road. Like you, 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 leave him with a with a supremely confident feeling that he knows he can replicate this in the postseason and in, in whatever environment he's got to go into. So that I think giving a young guy like that some rest because you think about this in this lens, like he's got less of a, a body of work to work with in terms of the innings pitched and yes he's a young guy and they're a little bit more resilient you know Lance Lynn's pitched you know every inning ever over the past decade so you worry about him a little bit less but i think you got to be you know cognizant of all these guys and 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 their innings here as they start to rack up because this is This is uh, uncharted territory here with everyone in baseball in terms of the innings load because of the season last season. Something we've never seen in baseball before, not even with the strike. But with the 60-game season last year, you're going to start to see a lot of this stuff going on with with pitchers. And we don't know how they're going to react to this physically. So I think it's important to treat them uh, with with kid gloves here and try to get each, each one of these guys some rest as they did with Rodon so let's get to these bullpen decisions so obviously look I'm, I'm just gonna I finally made m- my mind up Herb and I'm not gonna sit here and keep saying that oh when it's the postseason they're gonna do it the correct way where it's Hendricks first and then Kimbrel. I'm, I'm done with it I, I I think they just need to make the move now while Liam's feeling pretty good about himself and he's found it um because Kimbrell is is just not the same and and I know they they're cutting his nuts off here. You know he, he issues the leadoff walk, which you know you do that in any inning, and you and odds are not going to be in your favor. He he painted all four corners there in that at bat, and he was not granted any of those pitches by the home plate umpire Paul Clemens. So it it happens, but usually a a, a guy like that gets the benefit of at least one of those on the three o. He was not afforded that that luxury. He, he's able to bounce back and and get a strikeout, you know, and then Tony yanks him there and. Kimbrel looked visibly uh, perturbed at the fact that he was getting yanked out there in the eighth inning. The way I see it, if you have the two closers, you give him whatever inning he's going to be in. You give him that inning, and that's it. And you let him work his way out of it. You know, and then you end up setting up the head bat. You know, which you know you didn't want lefty on Nelson Cruz, and you intentionally walk him, and then you get in the jam there. Uh, with, with the lefty on lefty and and you, and you give up a base hit which is you know a total outlier there but you, you don't you're not in that spot if you just let Kimbrell finish that inning in my opinion what did you think about Tony Yank and Kimbrell there early in the
0: eighth I saw it much different than you I saw that he was off first seven pitchers were just off the plate there weren't there weren't strikes and I was like okay this is he doesn't have his release point he doesn't have command of the strike zone yet and later on when he struck out, I forgot it was Zanino, that was filthy. The slider, the knuckle or curve, knuckle curve inside. Yeah, they just got inside and got the strike zone and then threw a knuckle curve outside corner. Awesome. Unhittable. It, yes, but we forget about he walked the first guy, went 3-0 with Kiermaier, and then I think it went 3-1, and Kiermaier hit a rocket, absolute rocket to Hernandez. It was not, he wasn't fooling anybody the first two batters. Yes, he, gave, he got two outs without anybody scoring a run, but I thought he was off tonight. He was just bad until that last batter, and you could say, okay, he found it, and but that was a 3-1 count there too where he had to find it at the 3-1 count, so I don't know if Tony wanted to have that, wanted to roll dice with the closer right there. I was fine with Aaron Bummer coming in there, especially to face Lau, then they changed it over to who uh, uh, who is the Rookie of the Year, uh, I think, odds-on favorite right now. Lefty, righty, whatever. It didn't work out eventually. I was fine with Tony choosing to walk Nelson Cruz to get to their RBI leader. I was fine with that because if we know Nelson Cruz and first yeah. lefties, that's deadly. Yeah. So we'd be sitting I, here
1: pounding the damn table if Nelson Cruz.
0: We were like, what do you think was going to happen? Jeez. It's Nelson. goddamn damn Cruz. Versus yeah. a lefty. But yeah, I think those guys failed at their jobs. It was Kimbrell wasn't great tonight. And yeah, some could say that he didn't give him enough rope to hang himself. And Tony in the post game even said, James Regan has, Tony Russo said the way the eighth inning played out was atrocious, quote unquote, atrocious, and said he felt, quote unquote, sent the wrong message, unquote, to Kerry uh, Kimball to pull him yes,
1: out. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So at least he, so owned, he, up, he owns up to it, which I, but now you see the, the, what, The logic I'm working with here, I think he deserves the leeway to just take the rest of the inning there. And if just, you know, he was off, no doubt about it. And I'm not trying to be one of these guys who just because it didn't work after the fact, I'm going to say, why the hell was Bummer in there? No, we know Bummer had been rock solid for the past couple weeks. So I, I don't I'm not questioning Aaron Bummer being in the game at all. I'm just questioning that point. And if he's off, if something if Craig Kimbrell is like, you know, Craig Kimbrell, like, you know, uh, bootleg version, bootleg variant. You know what I mean? Factory repress, you know, version of Craig Kimbrell. Maybe it's just because he wants that ninth, man. I, I, have, I have no idea. These are not things that you can quantify, but I think it's it's just time to make that move while you still can. You got, you got a whole other month plus to figure this thing out, and what better time to do it than right now because just it just, not, just does not look like the same dude. Like, the stuff is the same but just you know not you know falling behind hitters a lot and giving up hard contact because he's falling behind in counts like it this is you know i don't like the way this is heading here and, and tony's got to do something about it and maybe as a make good um maybe he can have uh craig in the in the ninth tomorrow you know give uh even though liam hendricks only pitched eight pitches tonight maybe give uh you know, Kimbrel, uh, you know, you have Hendricks the night off and you let Kimbrel go out there and, and get a save. And you really get these guys on an alternate schedule, which is what I thought they were going to do. You know, so you get these guys all rested up and you have a definite closer every night. But, yeah, I was, I was not a fan of that. But they blew the game there. That's not going to happen a lot. It seems like it's happened a lot lately, but that, I don't think this will be the case in the postseason. You know, you're, you're, you, they didn't get necessarily knocked around incredibly hard, but you issue the free pass, and all of a sudden, little, you know, liners go through, they find holes, and, and then, you you know, you don't play rock-solid defense behind them. Stuff happens. But uh, game balls, tip of the caps go to Garrett Crochet coming out there and, and, and shutting it down in the ninth inning. It was the eighth or ninth inning. That was the ninth inning. Ninth inning. He shuts it down in the ninth inning. Filthy, filthy stuff with the handicap of the strike zone, which arbitrarily in the eighth inning just got bad, and especially for the White Sox side, and Gordon Beckham wasn't afraid to, to, mm. to say that because I thought Clemens had a good night the entire night until Kimball went out there, and all of a sudden it looked like it was a bit different. But Crochet, you are steaming with that at-bat to Choi, that he had him struck out. He had oh his, my God. Yeah, it was absurd.
0: 96 on the black top of the corner of the strike zone. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I know we have the benefit of the K zone, and wherever they call it, the stat cast zone. But be a professional. Understand where the plate's at. Understand where the top of the zone's at. What are we doing? It wasn't like a, it was on the edge of the strike zone. It was all of the strike zone, both upper and Outer. So, what are we doing, umpire? umpire? Who was it out back there?
1: Clemens, Paul Clemens. Uh,
0: just, just terrible. Like, and Gary Crochet is a champion. He pitched over that. I mean, no, he walked Choi there, but those. What do you What do you always
1: like, say about mis about mistakes and losers? And go ahead, just put it out there at, for the people.
0: Yeah, champions overcome setbacks and bad mistakes. Losers dwell on them. And Gary Crochet's like, okay, I'm walking him, but none of the rest of you guys are gonna see me. He was filthy out there. He was what everybody thought that Craig Kimber was tonight. Like, <laughs> he was just amazingly great. Like, his best outing, the antithesis of that Pittsburgh outing that we talked about where he was just getting hit hard. Yeah. He's was awesome. He, and he that swore to end the ninth inning. Oh, just so beautiful. Yeah.
1: And, you know, he's looked like a different guy recently. And the, the ERA, he's like another guy that people like, you know, want to throw shade to all the time. But ERA's 241. Pretty damn good for a guy pitching his full first professional season at the big league level. Not bad, and and that's a pretty high leverage spot there, ninth inning on the road uh, against the uh, the best team in the American League. And then Liam Hendricks comes on filthy uh, in, in the tenth, just awesome, awesome, awesome. Gets the one strikeout, uh, but the stuff appears to be back. He you know it appears to be the Liam Hendricks that we thought we were getting. I was surprised that he did not come back out for the eleventh with only eight pitches, but. This is the beauty about this bullpen, man. You do have depth and you do have options. And then Ryan Tappara comes in there and gets his second save of the season. That was a nice job by by uh, Tempura last night. So overall, just a really exciting game, man. And I don't know if there's anything else you want to get to and get to it now before we preview Monday's show here. But just what a good baseball game all the way around. The ups, the downs, highs, lows, and it's just it was it was a great uh, cap to the week here for our show. And I'm glad we waited because this was an exciting game with with tons to talk about.
0: And I know it didn't work out and it wasn't a successful thing, but to start off the was the eighth inning or the tenth inning, Brian Goodwin, he went over five today. What an that at bat. Le- what an eleven bat. pitch at bat. Yep. Kudos. That is even though he struck out, kudos. He struck out four times today. That was a great at bat. Awesome at bat. Missed
1: a home run by a foot or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Like even before, then the at-bat still extended after that point. You know, mm-hmm. it's not always the results, but the, the process, like we talk about, that was, a, that was a, a, a quality championship level at bat right there, even though he didn't get the job done, didn't move the runner over. But still, that's what you're looking for, man, especially with a guy who's had a bad night to that point, seconded, man. I'm glad you mentioned that.
0: Yeah, so that's all I wanted to say about that. It was just, I remember looking, I was like, Hey, if Cesar Hernandez didn't get enough information from the pitcher out there, he's failing himself, and that was the inning that Kittredge pretty much shut him down. Well, it was one, two, three. It was him. There was um, uh, Hernandez, and then I think Collins uh, pinch hit right there. So, what maybe, a great, what a great at bat by Zach Collins and, there. And <laughs> ma- yeah, and maybe, <laughs> and maybe Tim saw something in there because of the great at bat by Brian Goodwin the inning before, and so. He can, you know, serve the ball to right field and get the job done there.
1: Absolutely. All right, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll preview Monday's show next here on Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC. MMA action you guys know me I've talked about this many times before I love going to bet online and checking out some of the futures bets they have but not just for sports the Emmys are coming up in September just about a month away here and you can place a bet on who's going to win best comedy series right now Ted Lasso is your favorite and minus 1500 other shows on here Man, I really haven't seen a lot of these shows. I've heard a lot of great things about hacks. So I'm going to be checking that out. But you can place a bet on whatever your favorite show is Cobra Kai. If you got some dark horse picks here, like Emily in Paris at plus 3,300, you can place your bet at Bet Online. What about best drama series? The Crown, odds on favorite at minus 1,200. How about The Handmaid's Tale? Bridgerton, Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country. This is Us. These are all things you could bet on for the 2021 episode. Emmys. And yes, if you're asking, you can still bet on who's going to be the first celebrity abducted by aliens. <laughs> right now, Elon Musk is actually the odds on favorite at plus 1400, Donald Trump coming in at plus 1600, and Joe Rogan also at plus 1600. So you can place your bet there for who will be first to be abducted by aliens at Bet Online. Great stuff going on there. So, before the first pitch or whatever it is you're going to bet on, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code LOCKED ON at Bet Online. All right show is done for the week and what a way to finish we finished strong here i think her a fun week and and the Sox take uh, four out of five so far uh, against two really good teams in the american league and it's hard to to complain about that uh, you know so we'll, we'll be back monday we'll, re- we'll recap the last two games of the series here against the rays the saturday sunday games you look at the probables here for Sox and rays Today, so tomorrow. Oh, I'm all thrown off here. Saturday, one o'clock, <laughs> one o'clock Eastern. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is going to go against Luis Patino. Okay, so Dallas Keuchel's eight and six with a four four eight. Luis Patino is two and three with a four seven three. And the probables for Sunday, uh, you're going to be looking at of all people, Chris Archer is going to be making the start for the Rays down at the Trop against the White Sox. Chris Archer on the season. You look at him, he's 0 1 with a 6 2 3 to earn, earn run average. And so far, the the starter is listed as Ronaldo Lopez, 2 uh, 0 with a 108 ERA. He is 108ing. So it would be interesting to see if they can duplicate that success of, of bullpenning it as they did last Sunday with Ronaldo on the bump. Uh, I don't mind that at this point. No, no matter how the series shakes out, if Ronaldo's out there, that means someone's getting a, a day of rest on the starting rotation. So I'm cool with that. So. I'm um, trying to peruse these emails here, uh, voicemails. No, no one's checking in tonight, but you can always do that. Uh, tell the folks how they can get a hold of us with the email and the voicemail because we, we may need to read some of those. We've neglected you guys the past few days, so we may need to get those on on Monday.
0: Yeah, 312-566-8727 for the voice message or lockedonsocks at com. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill, me, eknerwall twenty-three. We are Locked on socks, and thank you for listening on this special episode where no one gets molested. Yeah,
1: it is a special episode, but not like uh, Different Strokes uh, with the back of the bike store special. Not that special, okay? And not drugs or
0: anything like that, the (laughs) Saved by the Bell, where, uh, I forgot Johnny Rocky comes in and smokes marijuana and offers it to Zach, and Zach's like, no. There's no hope with dope. Uh,
1: Man, boy, was he wrong
0: exactly
1: what the hell exactly, yeah man. that's all i got uh have a great weekend herb if i don't talk to you um exactly. yeah i'm gonna you know hit you know get the uh, some exercise in the morning and uh, you know uh go to sleep right now because i water your too yeah
0: exactly yeah absolutely all right that's chris i'm Herb. thank you for listening to locked on socks